Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. He got it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area's sports station. 95-7. The game. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Arlo Warriors Wrap-Up. Presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Matt Steinmetz here at Oracle Arena. And the Golden State Warriors play three solid quarters tonight. That's one more than they played on Thursday against Dallas. And it looks like slowly but surely the Warriors are becoming the Warriors again. They beat the San Antonio Spurs tonight 122-105 despite another sluggish start. But once that first quarter was over tonight... The Warriors took control of the ball game, and they took advantage of a depleted San Antonio Spurs ball club. 888-957-9570 is the number, and the Warriors have uh, won two games in a row now after dropping two in a row for the first time this season. And it was their bench that helped them out a great deal tonight. And it's a bench that's been criticized lately. It's a bench that has been struggling in the past few weeks. But tonight, a lot of guys making contributions. And I don't think anybody made a bigger contribution tonight than JaVale McGee in just seven minutes. He made his presence felt with seven points, three rebounds, a block. But most important, it was his energy tonight. It was shades of last year. That's what I thought when I was seeing JaVale McGee play this year. I should say tonight. He had it going. He got the crowd into it. He got his teammates going. And the Warriors haven't really had a boost like that from McGee in a little while. Also, David West, very solid again tonight. Six for six from the field. He finished with 13 points. And it all camouflaged what was an ordinary to subpar game from Kevin Durant. You look at his line, when was the last time Kevin Durant was limited to 10 points? He took just nine shots, making three of them. And Kevin Durant with 10 points, and I'm going to go ahead and say that's a season low, even though I'm not even, though I'm not even sure. But I'm going to, I'm going to say it's a, that's a season low. And Steve Kerr, of course, uh, he becomes the fastest coach to 250 wins. Don't forget 39 of those wins were Luke Walton's, although it doesn't matter because Steve Kerr gets the credit for those victories. So the Golden State Warriors, 122, San Antonio, 105. San Antonio tonight playing without Kawhi Leonard, their best player. They were also without Tony Parker. They were without DeJounte Murray, and they were also without... Rudy Gay. So this was really a depleted San Antonio team that came in here tonight. They hung in for a while behind LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Aldridge did some damage on the interior in the first half. And Kyle Anderson also had a nice ball game for the San Antonio Spurs, finishing with 20, as LaMarcus Aldridge did too. Uh, The Warriors were able to break in that second half in large part because they did two things. One, they took care of the ball. And two, they shot it well. And if the Warriors aren't turning the ball over, chances are they're going to win the ball game. And a night like tonight, they shoot 57% from the floor. Pretty amazing. They were 44% from three-point line, 
12 for 27. So really, the kind of game the Golden State Warriors needed. Uh, they've been struggling a little bit. They, they didn't play a great first half against Dallas. But with the All-Star break two games away, it looks like the Golden State Warriors will be able to head into the postseason at least feeling good about themselves. Uh, the differential in the first quarter, the Warriors once again got down 10 points in the first quarter, and that continues to be the worst quarter for the Warriors. They are now a minus 12 on the season in the first quarter. So they've been outscored by 12 points this year in the first quarter. Contrast that to the third quarter in which tonight they outscored San Antonio 33-20. to And you know what they are in the third quarter when it comes to outscoring their opponents. They're a plus 282. Clay Thompson, the most efficient player on the floor tonight. He was 10 for 14. He made 5 of 6 from three-point range. He led the Warriors in scoring with 25 points. 888-957-9570 is the number. You want to talk about this one? You think the Warriors are out of their funk after tonight? They've got the Phoenix Suns coming in here on Monday night. That's a game that you figure they should win. And then they wrap up the first half of the season, although it's really the first two-thirds of the season, Wednesday when they play at Portland. 888-957-9570 is the number. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back, everybody, to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. The Warriors 122, the San Antonio Spurs 105, and the Warriors raise their record now to 43-13, and and the San Antonio Spurs fall to 35-22. and It's time for the play of the game, brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Rebound, Zaza. Protects the ball, feeds Curry. Chest pass, Thompson, two on one. To the rim with the right hand. Clay Thompson slams it over Bertans. And the Warriors lead 68-62. I don't think anybody expected that. Certainly not Bertans. Yeah, that was a nice dunk by Clay Thompson with some sneaky quick hops. He got it down quickly over uh, Bertans and the Warriors would go on from there. That put them up six, and they would end up rolling from there in the third quarter. Once again, the Warriors 122, the San Antonio Spurs 105. And a couple things I want to talk about tonight. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on the first quarter, but the first quarter was, again, problematic for the Warriors. They fell behind 37-27. to And one of the things I noticed in that first quarter is the first unit, anyway, seems to be holding the ball a little bit too much. Uh, It's not one player. It's everybody. Uh, The Warriors are known for their ball movement. If one of the Warriors catches the ball, they'll usually do something quickly. If they have an open shot, they'll take it. If they don't have anything, what they usually end up doing is moving it crisply, and eventually they'll get an open shot. But... There was one possession in the first quarter that kind of epitomized, I thought, 
the way they weren't moving the ball, and it was a it was a sequence in which they posted up Andre Iguodala against Manu Ginobili, and he kind of backed his way down in there, and Ginobili ended up poking the ball free. Iguodala ran it down on the perimeter, picked it up, squared up, and he ended up taking about an 18-footer that didn't go in, and I'm thinking that's one pass. They made one pass on that possession, and that happens extremely infrequently for the Warriors, but it's a sign that their ball movement isn't what it was earlier in this season. It got better as the game went on, but I think that's the number one thing offensively for the Warriors right now is they've become an easier team to defend at times, and when they go into isolation, particularly early in a game, sometimes they do struggle offensively and they don't take advantage of all their gifts at the offensive end, and they have a lot of those. Let's, uh, let's go to the phone lines. Why don't we do that? And when we do that, it's always presented by Nations, Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nations. Let's go to the Hawk in Santa Rosa. What's up, Hawk? All right, Matt. You remember me, Hawk from Santa Rosa, one order the airplane? Absolutely. Oh, I haven't called in a while. I got involved with Honesty of the Mind, and I, I don't want to go into that. It's a kid's program. But uh, I want to make a comment and I'll tell you, I, got, I brought two new uh, two new kids who have never been to a game before. Oh, nice. Uh, but anyway, here's my uh, thought. You know, KD was, I don't know if you can see this on TV, but he was just standing around on yeah. the defense. I think during the regular season, not playoffs, he causes stagnation and they almost play better without him okay now playoffs are different you got to have a guy who can score when it all stagnates what do you think yeah you know what I'll, I'll say this i'll say this hawk i think that there are times when durant kind of forgets he's in golden state you know he played a lot of isolation in oklahoma city and it's a whole different offense here with the Warriors. I'll say this. The Warriors are at their best when they're running. I don't think they've been running like they have either. And when they have to play in the half court, well, then they're just not as, as fluid. But I, I do agree with you. They need Durant to be an isolation player at times. Ideally, what they can do is – play a five-man game for three, three-and-a-half quarters, and then if the game comes down to it and you've got to put the ball in a certain individual's hands, uh, you can do that. I certainly don't want to look at Kevin Durant's season low of 10 points tonight and start talking about how you know he may be the reason they're bogging down. I'm looking at the assist total. It's 35. Uh, that's very good, and, and six of those assists were by Durant. So he is... Uh, he is, I think he's still adjusting, to tell you the truth, to the Warriors. I mean, when you play in one system for eight, nine years, and then you come to another system, uh, sometimes it takes you more than a year uh, to get it together. And uh, I, I still think the Warriors have improving to do, and I think that's the one thing that I think we sometimes get ahead of ourselves. We look at this team, we think it's a fin- uh, finished product, uh, we expect them to play perfectly virtually every night. And the reality is is that this is a group, a core group, that's only been together uh, for a year and a half. And they're still figuring each other out. And they've got three fantastic offensive players 
And for the most part, I think they do an incredible job of incorporating everybody. Uh, But, yeah, at times they look a little bit indecisive in terms of where they want to go and who they want to take a shot on on a particular possession. I also think we got to single out Draymond Green tonight. Uh, Draymond was very, very good. He finished with 17 points, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds, 8 for 16 from the floor. But he was also good at the defensive end of the floor. And I don't just want to say, well, he, he, he wasn't arguing with the refs, so therefore he played, he played better. But there was a, a play in the first half, first quarter, I believe, where uh, Draymond got called for a foul as a San Antonio player hit a little bunny over the middle. And it was a touch foul, but he did, he did hit him. And Draymond didn't say a word. Um, he didn't say a word, and he didn't act like he was overly upset with the call. Uh, you could tell he wasn't happy, but, but he didn't wear his emotions on his sleeve. And what ended up happening, uh, it's a play on. The guy takes the free throw. The Warriors go up the court, and, and before you know it, Draymond seems to be forgetting about, about the play in the first place. So uh, Draymond Green tonight. It's one game. It's a game they won by 17 points, but it was at least a game where Draymond Green remained under control. He still has 14 technicals uh, this year, which means one more, he's okay, but if he gets his number 16th, then he will be uh, suspended for a game, and then he'll be suspended for every subsequent second technical foul. But the other thing about Kevin Durant is – I don't worry about how many shots he takes because Kevin Durant's the one player on this team that can get a shot whenever he wants it. I think he can get a shot more easily than any player on the team, even if it's Curry or or Clay Thompson, because he's usually got a mismatch uh, and he can go either inside or out to score. He's also effective in transition. So if Kevin Durant only gets you nine point uh, nine shots. Chances are he only wanted to take nine shots tonight because if Kevin Durant wants to take 15 to 20, he can certainly take 15 to 20. Andre Iguodala also looked a little bit different out there tonight. I'm not saying he looked confident offensively. I'm not saying he was the offensive player that he's been in Philadelphia, for example, or that he was in Denver. Uh, but he did take seven shots tonight in 26 minutes. And that's a far cry from... Some of his games where he takes just two or three shots. And the nice thing about Iguodala tonight, he's filling up some, some box score lines. He has six rebounds, three assists, and Andre Iguodala looks like he's at least trying to make a concerted effort right now to, to get back to things offensively. Uh, he, he's got to be somebody who at least occupies a defender on the opposing team. Because what we're seeing more and more with Iguodala and with Draymond Green, their inability to make threes right now. Word travels around the NBA, and teams know that right now Iguodala can't buy one from beyond the arc, and Draymond Green may have a little bit of a shoulder issue. Uh, tonight, Draymond one for five from three-point range, Iguodala 0 for three. At some point, they're going to have to make shots. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it wasn't tonight, but the Warriors still were able to get a win fairly easily tonight, 122-105 against the San Antonio Spurs. All right, when we come back, we are going to be joined by John Dickinson, our 95-7 The Game reporter. 
He was down in the locker room, and he also talked to Coach Steve Kerr. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Thompson, two on one. To the rim with the right hand. Clay Thompson slams it over Bertans. And the Warriors lead 68-62. to I don't think anybody expected that. Certainly not Bertans. Back to Curry. Dribbles in. Five Draymond cutting to the rim. Goes up and hammered it down with the right hand. Draymond Green. That was demonstrative. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, a couple couple nice dunks there from the Golden State Warriors. It's usually the three-pointers that get the crowd going. This time, uh, two impressive dunks, one by Clay Thompson and one by Draymond Green. And right now we're joined by John Dickinson, and he's presented by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, where savings is simple. J.D., how you doing? What's going on? And... Uh, yeah, you know, the three-pointer is usually what gets the fans here at Oracle revved up, but tonight the Clay Thompson sneaky dunk over over Bertans and then Draymond Green with a with a nice dunk too off a, off a feed I think from who is it from Curry or Durant. Yeah, and really the Warriors are at a point right now where they're they're inching closer. Yeah. It was two quarters in the game on Thursday night. It's three quarters in the game tonight after being down uh, Ironically, by the same score they were down at the end of the first quarter two weeks ago against Boston, it was 37-27 at the end of the first quarter. The Warriors wind up winning both of those games in the national television audience. Uh, But it was the bench tonight. And in particular, it was the bench unit, which is 60% bench and 40% starter. And that's the lineup, of course, with David West at the center uh, Draymond Green out there with Iguodala, Clay Thompson, and Sean Livingston. West sets the tone. I mean, they kind of run their offense through him, and they defend well. And when he's scoring, it just seems like everything else kind of falls into place. When he's scoring and they're defending, it falls into place. You had Draymond Green pushing the tempo. Clay was knocking down shots. That's a really nice complement of players when they bring the defensive intensity at a high level and David West is able to do what he does, which is just he's just smooth as all heck from 18 feet out. And I think you got to uh, throw McGee in there too when you when you talk about the bench, not necessarily and, with that and, unit. And you know what Steve Kerr did too, because oh, did? I asked him about those three, and Steve Kerr quickly pointed out Javale McGee, not only the contribution tonight, but just again, Steve Kerr gets his 250th career coaching victory uh, with the Warriors. He's trying to massage and make sure everybody's feeling good. And I think he went out of his way to make sure that JaVale got acknowledged tonight for being a positive contributor, said, hey, this season hasn't really worked out the way that JaVale's probably wanted, but he's been a professional. He's stuck with it. He's been there for me when I've needed to call on him, and tonight was the night where he called on him, and, and he did play very effectively. Yeah, you know, one thing about McGee that I've noticed is when he plays well, the box score doesn't necessarily look incredible. Um, it's maybe two or three plays. Yeah, I thought like tonight. I thought he was gonna. I thought his numbers were gonna look better than they were. And I'm I'm on here saying, boy, McGee was really good off the bench. He, he without looking at the box score, and then I say, you know, he had seven points and three rebounds. Well, that doesn't sound like much, but you know what? He was in the ball game when things began to change, and his energy 
it, it rubs off on the yeah. entire team, and I thought it did tonight. Yeah, it, it was contagious. It was as contagious, I, I think, as the two dunks. But the dunk that everybody was talking about after the game was Clay Thompson's dunk. I mean, they, you get the way the bench reacted was like they didn't think Clay Thompson could even dunk. Like he, like he's Zaza Pachulia or something. <laughs> and of course, those two have the bet as to oh, that's right. who's going to have more dunks. And Clay acknowledged that he's still one behind Zaza, which I couldn't believe. But he also expects to still win by four or five. So there's a lot of season left. There's really not that much season left, Clay. But there's enough season where he thinks he's going to win by at least four or five dunks. Steve Kerr joked that you know he took off from pretty far out. He wasn't sure he was going to make it. And you know, Draymond Green had that wry, you know, Draymond Green smile. Like he thought, like it met his qualifications for being a, a strong dunk. And then Stephen Curry. He brought up something that I had forgotten about, and I'm sure this is going to be something that we talk about the next couple of days and trying to find it. Uh, he said he wasn't surprised at all. He said he's thrown lobs to, to Clay before, and then Curry said that he thought Clay Thompson dunked on Kevin Durant. And I couldn't remember exactly the, the play or when, and he, it was kind of thrown out there like, I'm sure you guys will figure it out. But Clay have a big dunk over KD that sticks out? I just remember. His one dunk where he was on the left side of the floor. I don't. I can't even remember the opponent. And he drove in with his right hand in traffic, and he he threw it down over a couple people. I can't remember if it was Duran or not, but you know what? That info that information will surface it's, probably it's within the next twenty four hours. It's going to be a gift probably before uh, ten o'clock. I mean, Clay's so, got yeah. hops. I. Although you know what? Well, it's uh, funny. I remember you having the you guys yeah, were having the conversation yeah. about who the biggest athlete is on the team. Yeah, uh, you and Guru on 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 your show during the week, and it it became it became almost comedy that the you know some of the responses I think you were getting as far as people nobody you said it was Clay right? Yeah, I did say it was Clay. I think he's a, and he's, nobody agreed. With no, you. nobody agreed. And I but <laughs> I and I was even pulling out all the stops by saying you know he was a great baseball player. Uh, Clay, I think he uh, he also plays uh, what a play football, man. Trash take, man. Yeah, yeah, trash take. Well, <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, I'm playing. No, the I, other, you know I'm playing. Yeah, the other thing is uh, uh, about Clay. Oh, no, this is what I was going to say. Uh, Pachulia had a dunk tonight, too, I think. So he barely got up over, and he hung on the rim because he had to. But, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm, my money's still on Clay Thompson there. Well, you know, there was one point in this game where – I, I texted to you, who, who are these guys on the San Antonio Spurs? And, you know, this rivalry has, has kind of waned a little bit uh, with the injury to Kawhi Leonard obviously not playing this year, and then last year the Warriors sweeping them after the Kawhi injury. Uh, what, what do you make of the Spurs right now? Uh, and, I mean, if they don't get healthy, I, they're not going anywhere. If you're not prepared to play against them, They'll kick your butt. I tweeted that out during the game. If you, it, regardless of who's on the floor, it doesn't even matter. And I think you know, you look at their record, and what are they now? Thirty-five and twenty-two with mm-hmm. the Warriors putting a loss on them tonight. So they're thirty-five and twenty-two. And I, I just think of that statement, Matt. Of if you're not ready to play against them, they'll beat you. Well, you know what? We do the NBA this week, and we watch a ton of games, and we do that show every Saturday. There's a ton of teams in the NBA that aren't ready to play at a night-in, night-out basis. The Spurs are well-coached. They play hard. They play smart. Even with the Rudy Gay out and a Kawhi Leonard out and a Tony Parker out 
and a, and a Murray out. Uh, but we see it all the time, teams that just play like dogs <laughs> on a night-in, night-out basis to where it actually doesn't surprise me that the Spurs are able to rack up wins just on system and just on being professional and playing hard and smart consistently because the league, in a lot of ways, is that down on a night in, night out. But now it's not going to beat you. The uh, not going to beat the Warriors in a playoff series. Is that it? Yeah, we've we've found the dunk. Now I don't know when it was or where it was. Oh my! You know, the, You've got it on the iPad. This is Clay against KD. Yeah, and this is. Wow. Oh. Oh, my. Yeah, so he Durant wasn't the one in back of Clay. He was the one coming from the, the other side. So wow. The, so, yes, Clay Thompson so, and, has dunked and, over. And Stephen Curry with the with the hat tip you know, as far and as. And even Clay with the chest, the, the pounding on his chest afterwards. Now, I'm looking at, do I see a five Mo Spates? So that'll, that'll help narrow down when it was. Uh, it's 40, it's Golden State was up 19. I wonder if that's a playoff. You know what? It's got to be a playoff game because everybody's got the white t-shirts on. So it must have been a playoff game. Steven Adams. I would have been, I mean, that would have been one of that, the early games in the, in well, the conference would, final. Yeah, it must have been. Ago. Yeah, that's exactly when it must have been. So there you go. So Clay Thompson's got some hops, man, when he wants to use them. I mean, he's got some hops. But anyway, the Golden State Warriors tonight win 122-105 over the San Antonio Spurs. Monday they play Phoenix. Wednesday they wrap up the figurative first half with a, with a game against the Portland Trailblazers. And then Golden State will have the next seven or eight days off, which, which they need. Although four of those guys are going to be going down to L.A. Uh, for the All-Star game. All right, we come back. We will wrap things up here from Oracle Arena. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Uh, well, I caught the ball, and uh, I had a good pace, so I just went up and flushed it, and uh, it felt really good. They don't seem to get up like that a lot, so for them to, you know, get hyped was pretty funny. And um, I'll do the same if one of them took off like that, and hopefully yeah, it's not the last time. Oh, well, I had the straight-on view. Uh, I was at court. Good dunk. Um, you know, Clay tried to lay the ball up so much, so you never just expect him to go try to dunk it like that. I think that's why you kind of got the reaction. But I thought it was a pretty good dunk. I thought a couple alley-oops to him. I've seen him you know, do that before. Uh, I think he actually might have dunked on KD back in the day. I'm going to throw that little wedge out there. But I think he, uh, I, it was it was nice to see him, you know, just have that aggressiveness and transition. And then from there, you know, he, he opened the game up making shots and kind of got the, the building going crazy. He, you know, the bench went nuts, and uh, that's always fun to see. They love when Clay dunks. So that was, uh, he took off from pretty far out. I wasn't sure he was going to get there. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to Warriors Wrap-Up. Matt Steinmetz along with John Dickinson from Oracle Arena, the Crown Royal Club. The Warriors beat the Spurs tonight, 122-105. to Clay Thompson with the highlight reel dunk tonight. And you know what? JD, I did notice tonight they did seem to have a lot more fun than they have been having uh, in recent games. And maybe it took a dunk like that. But I, I think the Warriors, uh, it almost feels like Steve Kerr's trying to make a conscientious effort 
to tell these guys to kind of loosen up and to try to have more fun because I think when they have fun is when they're at their best. Yeah, and I think you saw that tonight. I think it was another slow start, though. I mean, that, yeah. that's something that you know we, we talked about it off the top here when I joined you, just the fact that they, they do seem to be inching closer to playing a complete game. So maybe Phoenix is the game that, that turns into actually being the complete game, and then they'll go to Portland and, and close it out before the four All-Stars will you know head to L.A. Uh, and the All-Star weekend. So I, I think... <laughs> I think if you look at this thing from a you know big picture, if the Warriors wind up, what was the night in Sacramento eight days ago where Steve Kerr said after the win that they're fried, they just need to get to the All-Star break and, and, and get away from right. each other, go be on a beach. I think if you look at that game and count it as a win, and then let's say they end up losing the next two, which they did to Denver and Oklahoma City. So you're one and two. They win the next two, three and two. Phoenix probably a win, four and two. You know, if they come out and play a great game that last night in Portland and, and get a win, and that's a building they've had some success in, even though the games are usually really good. I think if you add it up in those final two weeks or a five and two, given everything that was going on with this team, uh, you'd gladly take it. I don't think anybody's going to really freak out if it winds up being four and three, and maybe you lose a good game in Portland. As long as the effort is right. where it needs to be, like it was in Denver, I think. Uh, if but if they get these last two, I think it's a heck of a lot easier to wash away, and that would also include getting the last four. Let's say right before you know after the the lost Oklahoma City, which had everybody kind of looking around like, what the heck's going on with these guys? You, you didn't you didn't show up tonight. I, I do think that game Wednesday is going to be tough against yeah. Portland at Portland. Similarly to two years ago was the first game out of the break, and they went and got blitzed, if right. you remember, in Portland. The last game before the break, if you're on the road, is tricky. I right. know you've covered a lot of, yeah. lot of those games over your years. The last in, in game the before and the first game back are, are usually games that you might want to uh, put an asterisk I, next to because strange things can happen. I remember one of the, one of the great, Sacramento teams when they had Weber and Vlade and all the, all those guys uh, last game before the break they were in Minnesota and they got down forty one to eleven at the end of the first quarter it was forty one eleven I take it they lost they ended up losing by thirty or thirty five right. but it was forty one to eleven the first quarter and was like get us the heck out of here and that team was <laughs> as good as any in the league at that point uh, one team that is not quite themselves is the Spurs, particularly when they're on the road this year. They're 13-16 and 16 right now away from San Antonio. They haven't had a losing record on the road since 1997. I mean, that is unbelievable in terms of just continued greatness. I mean, that 20 years where you're over 500 on the road, I mean, that is... That's got to be some kind of record, isn't it? Yeah, and I think fortunately for them, there's there's plenty of time, you know, and I think plenty of opponents for them to to get that back over that 500 mark. I mean, again, I hate to to sound down on the league when I say it, but I think the Spurs are just a testament to consistency and intelligence and just playing the right way and with the right spirit on a night-in, night-out basis because a good portion of this league doesn't do it 
every night. And I think that's exactly why they have the record that they have. And it's exactly why, while maybe they aren't a championship contender anymore, and, and I don't think that they are, uh, even if you want to throw Kawhi Leonard into the mix on this team, I don't think they're a title contender. But I do think that they deserve some credit for still being number three in the Western Conference when Kawhi Leonard's barely played for him this season. One thing I thought was a little bit interesting was LaMarcus Aldridge. I thought he was effective tonight. He was 9 for 14 from the floor. Uh, He finished with a team-high 20 along with Kyle Anderson. But the Warriors never put Draymond Green on him. And it almost felt like they just never felt like they have to. You know, my, my dad, who used to be a ref and a coach, would always say, you know, if you can, if you know you can do something to another team, don't do it early in the game. In other words, if you think that Draymond Green's your best matchup against LaMarcus Aldridge, maybe you don't do it from the get-go in a regular season game. Maybe you wait until the stakes are a little higher. I don't know if there's going to be any higher stakes uh, for the Spurs this year. Uh, but Aldridge, he, he looks more confident than he has in the past, particularly against the Warriors where he's had games where he's been ineffective. Yeah, I I think that's true, and I think they've figured some things out. I I think the Warriors probably didn't want to go to that just because it's, you know, you're you're almost saving it in case you need it. And and I think that's kind of what you're getting at there. Uh, I I think you see teams against the Warriors maybe not give them certain looks because you don't want to see the Warriors figure them out. You know, at, at, at different times, you know, maybe later on uh, in another head-to-head matchup. But, no, Aldridge playing better has obviously been one of the reasons why the Spurs still have the record that they do, even though they've they've had so many injuries uh, to so many just critical uh, players. St- Steve Kerr tonight, the 250th yeah. career victory, uh, impressive. And I thought it was funny. He was quick to say, hey, you know, Luke Walton's got, 39 of those bad boys it's really 211 and then there was a back and forth about you know how all of that and the way the records are done and everything is just kind of trash because right you know the the playoff records are different and the number would be totally different and Luke doesn't get any credit technically for all the wins he got Kerr also joked that he wants the four losses taken away so I want all of his losses taken off my record what was it four did not didn't somebody say yeah why do they do that and he was like I have no idea (laughs) is did uh, yeah we heard that yeah I was just trying to picture it in my mind let's let's uh, take care of a couple NBA loose ends here a little bit uh and these moves peripherally affect the Warriors. Joe Johnson was bought out by the Kings. He's going to be a Houston Rocket. The Houston Rockets also are going to sign Brandon Wright, a former Warrior who's going to be bought out in Memphis. And then a name who's been linked to the Warriors, Marco Bellinelli, he's actually going to sign with the Philadelphia 76ers. So the Warriors, two players who were... On their radar, or at least on the fans' radar, Joe Johnson and Marco Bellinelli uh, won't be coming to Golden State. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Keep in mind, if the Warriors want to go the buyout route, if they want to bring a player in after he gets bought out, well, they're going to have to lose a player. And you know what? The more I think about it, do they want to do that? I mean, is it worth it? Well, I think tonight's kind of the example as to why you wouldn't do it because right. everybody kind of speculates. Well, who who would be the guy? Right. You know, who who would be the guy that would go? And would it be 
would it be JaVale McGee? Well, you look at JaVale McGee tonight, and you think, well, probably not. Would right. it be Nick Young? I mean, I, I just don't see the Warriors just saying, all right, Nick Young, you're out. I just think he, you know, that's kind of a cold move yeah. for a team that likes to promote chemistry and unity. And, and I think, you know, as poorly as Omri Caspi's played, it, it's a little bit heartless if you're going to dump Omri Caspi, even though it looks like something's clearly not right with him physically and it's impacted his game for the last month. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Two more games to the All-Star game. That is going to do it from Oracle Arena. Matt Steinmetz, John Dickinson. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.